Hey everyone, welcome to the Lighthouse Church Sermon Broadcast. Today we continue our series entitled, Pleasing Jesus. Our series text is taken from the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verses 8 to 10. I'll read all texts from the New International Version. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. To find out what pleases the Lord, we're looking to see what Jesus has said. So we're looking to the Bible. We're beginning with the book of Revelation, where Jesus sent messages to seven different churches. This week, we'll read his message to the church in Sardis. It's Revelation chapter 3. Verses 1 to 6. To the angel of the church in Sardis write, These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. Yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me, dressed in white, for they are worthy. The one who is victorious will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but will acknowledge that name before my Father and his angels. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The church in Sardis evidently had a good reputation in their city. They were regarded by their community as a good church, as a church with life. They probably had well-run gatherings, inspiring preaching. People probably left their meetings saying things like, That was a great meeting. We must go again next week. If this was a 21st century church, they would probably have had talented musicians, inspirational speakers, great facilities, lots of community activities. They would have had quality content on the internet with lots of followers, high ratings and great reviews. But Jesus was unimpressed. To him, there was no life. They were as good as dead. And this brings us a sobering thought. We can think that we're full of life and be completely wrong. We can enjoy the respect and even honor of the community. We can be regarded as a great church, yet we could be a dead church. Now the church in Sardis wasn't the first group to receive this kind of rebuke from Jesus. Listen to Jesus' words to the Jewish religious leaders of that time. Matthew chapter 23 verses 27 and 28. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees! You hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. 
In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees were the spiritual leaders of the community. They were regarded as the holy men. They were treated with great respect. They were well known for their strict disciplines. And they could be immediately recognized because they dressed in specific ways. But Jesus looked straight through their fancy outfits, their titles, their religious talk. Inside, they were dead. There was no spiritual life in them. They put on a great religious display. But that was all it was. It was a show. They were hypocrites pretending to be something that they were not. They had a reputation for being spiritually alive, but they were actually spiritually dead. They had a reputation for being holy, but they were actually wicked. Clearly, Jesus is not looking for a religious show. He's looking for spiritual life. Spiritual life pleases Jesus. Now, sadly, the church in Sardis also fell into this trap, trap of hypocrisy. They put on a great religious show, but it didn't flow from the life and the power of Jesus. To this day, we have people, leaders and churches falling into this trap. The Apostle Paul warned a young church leader named Timothy about these things. His warning is found in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Jesus is not pleased with a form of godliness. He wants to see his transforming power on display. Now, I'm aware of two paths that can lead us into forms that look good, but have no life. Two different paths. The first one is when we try to live in independent spirituality. This path typically begins when we don't feel the need to be part of the church anymore. Perhaps it's because we don't like organized religion or we've become disillusioned by something that went wrong. Perhaps it's because we don't like receiving instruction from other people. Perhaps it's because we don't like being in meetings or in small groups. Perhaps it's because we think we don't need anyone else's help. To live a spiritual life. So we begin to think, this is my faith. This is my spiritual walk. 
And we start to walk out our faith independently. As we walk alone, our focus shifts to our own spiritual activities, our own spiritual disciplines. We may still attend church because it's the right thing to do. But it's really just one of our personal disciplines. It becomes a show. Those around us may look at us and be impressed as they hear of our spiritual disciplines. They may even praise us as very spiritual. It may seem that we're doing just fine on our own. But the problem with walking alone, friends, is that we cannot make our own spiritual life. Jesus likened the church to a grapevine, where he is the vine and we are the branches. John chapter 15 and verse 5. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So the life of a branch comes from the vine doesn't come from itself. If a branch is cut off from the vine, it'll die. If you and I are not drawing on the life of Jesus, we will end up religious but lifeless. We may have a reputation of being spiritually alive because of our religious behavior, but in reality, we will become spiritually dead. We are dependent on Jesus for spiritual life. Let's not try to do it on our own. It will not work. The second path is quite different. On this path, we depend on our leaders or ministers. Path one was a path of independence. This path is a path of incorrect dependence. Listen to Ephesians chapter 4. Verses 11 to 13. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of of Christ. Friends, our leaders and our various kinds of ministers are wonderful gifts to the church. They are gifts from Jesus, but they are not meant to replace Jesus. It is possible for you and I to become more focused on a leader, on a minister, than on Jesus. And we can begin to look to them, to humans, for our spiritual life, instead of looking to Jesus. That poor leader may do their very, very best, but they are not Jesus. As hard as they may try, they cannot give us spiritual life. Now, Paul was a wonderful apostle to the church, a great gift. And Apollos was a wonderful teacher, another great gift. Wonderful gifts from Jesus to the church. But they could not give life. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Paul writing, 
What, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned each to his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. God is the one who makes it grow. Jesus is the vine. We are but branches, all of us, even our leaders. I sincerely hope that we all appreciate the ministry gifts that Jesus has given to the church. But we must understand that they are not our source of spiritual life. They should be helping us to better connect to Jesus, to be connected better as branches on the vine. If you and I follow a path of dependence on people, we can end up as faithful church members, people who love our ministers and our leaders, who do all the right things, yet we can still lose our spiritual life. So, these are two different paths that can lead us away from the spiritual life that Jesus gives. We can try to live an independent spirituality, or we can become dependent on leaders or ministers. I call these paths because they can be a slow journey away from that life of Jesus. It may take a while before we realize that something is missing. The church inside us used to be very much alive. But over time, they lost their way. And they lost their life. So friends, this is a really good time for us to stop and to reflect. If you're watching the video or listening to the podcast, please press pause and reflect for a moment on these questions. Am I becoming just a little bit independent? Am I beginning to trust in my own spiritual activities and my own spiritual disciplines? Am I seeking spiritual life from someone other than Jesus? A pastor, a teacher, a small group leader, a mentor or a guru of some sort? Or am I still totally convinced that I am absolutely dependent on Jesus for my spiritual life? Let's reflect for a moment. Now, if you realize that you've begun to drift onto one of these paths, and we can all do this, friends, Jesus gives us the remedy. It's quite simple. It's found in verse 3 of our text. Revelation 3, verse 3. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. Jesus tells us to remember. Remember the gospel message. It's all about Jesus. It's not about us. Remember your absolute dependence on the grace and the mercy of God. Remember that Jesus is your only hope of eternal life. Remember that Jesus is your only source of spiritual life. Jesus tells us to repent, to turn around and to go back to where we began our journey with him. And to humbly take hold of his amazing offer of eternal life by grace 
through faith in Him alone. Friends, let's recognize that we all have a tendency to drift. Some of us may drift towards independence. Some of us may drift towards depending on people. Let's resolve not to follow these paths. Let's resolve to rather cling to Jesus, who is our only source of spiritual life. Without him, we can do nothing. With him, we will have life and be fruitful. Let me summarize in closing. Jesus came to give us spiritual life. He is pleased when his life is flowing through us, making us alive, healthy and fruitful. But we can become spiritually independent. We can fall into the trap of thinking that we can have our own spirituality and forget that Jesus is the only source of spiritual life. Or we can become dependent on ministers and leaders seeking to draw our spiritual life from them instead of from Jesus. If this happens, we can become religious. We can perhaps have a reputation of being alive, but we become spiritually dead. We can look good to those around us, but the life of God is no longer flowing into us and out of us. Let's resolve to, not to seek life from any other source than Jesus Christ. He is the only vine, and we are all branches. Amen.